Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Other people don't get their prayers answered. Not because they don't mix it with faith. Not because they don't pray in the will of God. Many other people never get their prayers answered. This is America. This is our number one problem. Because we simply don't pray. Notice what James 4 says. You do not have because you do not ask God. I think we're all going to be shocked when we get to heaven. And God says, do you know all the things I had for you? But you never ask me for them. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. It also tells us to pray for everything. Here in America, because of our vast material blessings, we seem to have a hard time asking God to supply our needs. We tell ourselves that he has more important things to concern himself with. Sometimes we're afraid he'll say no. Both of these attitudes indicate a lack of trust in God. Pastor Mark, in his teaching, will be reminding us of our need to recognize that everything we have comes from God. We should remember that He loves us and that He will provide His best for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 2 of his message, Pray This Prayer for Me. things in the Bible says, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We kind of look at that in my name as a formula. Now, if you're from like a charismatic background, you pray like this, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And you think putting that zip in there is going to get it to heaven, past all the stuff. Some of you are more formal, in the matchless, amazing name of Jesus. And it's not about either one of those. In the name of Jesus simply means in the character and the will of God. Let me read you this verse, 1 John 5, 4. This is the confidence we have when we approach God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So to pray in God's will simply means this. God, I don't have the wisdom for this, but I want your will. What you want to do in this situation, God. Not mine but yours. Some of us pray to God with our will. After some of you young men have have heard this 1955 good wife list, that's what you're praying this morning. And you come into the office a few months later and say, Pastor Mark, I let this lady, I meant this young girl, she's amazing. Fox, wow. And, And she meets these requirements. And I say to you, well, is she a believer? Well, no. But I don't care about that because that's the will of God for me. No, you're wrong. Because, see, the Bible says, here's where the will of God is. The Bible says, I can't marry an unbeliever. 
So I, I shouldn't pray for something that isn't the will of God. How could God answer that? So I said, Pastor Mike, how do I know the will of God? The more you study the word of God, the more you know the will of God. That's why we study together. So it's not hard to know the will of God. It's right there for us. So some people don't ever get it because they pray their will. They want their will rather than God's will. By the way, when God doesn't answer that prayer because it was in my will and not his, we get angry with God. But remember, God always knows what's best for us. And if he won't answer that prayer, that means that isn't what he wanted for our life. Now, number three, other people don't get their prayers answered. Not because they don't mix it with faith. Not because they don't pray in the will of God. Many other people never get their prayers answered. This is America. This is our number one problem. Because we simply don't pray. Notice what James 4 says. You do not have because you do not ask God. I think we're all going to be shocked when we get to heaven. And God says, do you know all the things I had for you? But you never ask me for them. Understand this. Prayer moves God to do things that otherwise he would not do. Notice what that verse says. You do not have because you never ask God. I want to pray with faith. I want to pray in his will. And I want to simply pray. It's not a coincidence Coming back from Asia that I have a whole thing on prayer. The very thing that we're weak on. Myself and all of us in our American churches. Now what about Paul's prayer that he's going to pray? Well I can tell you ahead of time. Paul prays, number one. Number two, Paul expects to get an answer. And number three, Paul prays in the will of God. Everything that you're going to hear Paul pray is in the will of God. Now let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. Verse 9. And let's see what this prayer is all about. What's it based on this morning? And this is my prayer. That your love. So he's talking about a Christ follower's love. When you became a Christian, God put love in you. Book of Romans tells that the fruit of the Spirit is love. So we have God's love in us. Now, in the original language, the Greek language, there's three kinds of love. What kind of love is Paul talking about here? The first kind of love is phileo love. It's a natural human affection, the Philadelphia kind of love, friendship. That's not the love that Paul is using. The next kind of love is called eros. You already know what that means. Eros, our word erotic. It's sensual. It's intimate love. It's married love. That's not the love that he's using. But the love that Paul is using is the third one. It's called agape. It means God's love. It means self-sacrificing love. Now, you can go to 1 Corinthians 13 and get a whole definition of love and how that kind of works itself out. We're not going there today. Another whole teaching. But I want to focus on one thing today. And I want you to write this down. Notice this statement. The essence, the bottom line to God's love, to agape love, is one thing. Giving. Giving. So Paul says, I want your love. I want your giving. And you're going to see what he says about that. Now, how do I know that the essence of God's love is giving? Here's how. You know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he... He gave. He 
gave. See, love isn't about, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you. Piece of pie comes on the table. Two pieces of pie come. One's way bigger than the other. Honey, I love you. Which piece did you take? The small one. Because you love her. You see, it's not about, I love you, give me the big piece of pie. It's giving. It's giving. So the essence of all of this love that Paul's going to talk about is giving. Now, listen to this, and I won't repeat it again, but you need to understand. This God's love is giving more than getting. It's outward more than inward. It's others more than self. And I want to ask you a huge question right now. You can begin to answer it. Are you more a giver or are you more a getter? Do you enjoy giving or do you just enjoy getting? That's the essence. See, my selfishness, give me, give me, give me. Our churches are filled with that today. People come to church in America and they walk in and say, what do you got for me? Well, I didn't like that song. That pastor preaches for an hour. What's wrong with you? And the kids' ministry isn't like this that I like. And the parking, i got to park back here in the outer 40. What is up with that? I'm going to find a church that pleases me. Well, wait a minute. Why are you in a church? So they can serve me. Wrong. We're to be in a church so we can serve God and others. So the essence of love is not getting, it's giving. Now, who does this love expand to? It's not complicated, but we make it complicated. This love expands to two simple things. One day Jesus stood and he took all this Old Testament and he summarized it in one little verse. The two greatest commandments. And let's put your Bibles down and get your hands ready. Let's see if you can remember what those commandments were. What is the essence of being here in this service? Get ready. Where to? Get ready. Where where to? Here we go. Anybody remember? Love God and... Love others. Good, good. Some of you are new for the first time. Go like, what is this, hand signals in church? Absolutely. But do you notice how many people remember? We're to, here we go, here we go. We're to love God and we're to love others. That's the essence of Christianity. And that means I'm giving of myself, my talents, my time, my money, simply to others. Well, is there any... Thing else, yes, there is. Look at one nine again. Paul says, "And this is my prayer that you may that your love may abound more and more." We don't the word abound that doesn't make much sense to us. What does it mean? To increase greatly, to overflow. You see, we've already seen Paul's heart. This is one of his favorite churches. He knew they were doing church right. He knew they were doing their lives right. They were loving people. They were giving of themselves. But he says, that's not enough. As time goes on, I want more good things through love to be happening in and through your lives. You see, love is not this feeling. It's a conscious, intellectual choice to show kindness 
and generosity. It's obedience to the commands of God. And we lovingly want to show and express our love by giving of ourselves. See, Paul, in all his writings, was this kind of a guy. The word abound would be common to Paul. He knew that when you stepped into this thing called Christianity, it would require you to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. You would never outgrow that need to be more mature in the Lord. He says to the church, you're doing terrific. By the way, I'm going to say to you this morning, you're doing terrific. But it's not good enough. God wants us to expand and to love more and to give more of ourselves, and find ways to express that love to a world that, well, really is clueless. So Paul says, I pray that you continue to give away yourselves to God and others. So what does that look like? We did this already. You don't need to do it. I'll show you. We're to to love God, and we're to love others. What's he saying? He says this. I want you to love God, and I want you to love others, and never stop growing. Now, here's the first thing you're going to pray this week. You can write this down. You're going to have three or four things to pray this week. Now, i give you an example of how it works. You're going to put a name of a spouse, a friend, a girlfriend, an unsaved, lost, a loved one, whatever. Pray Mark would grow in love. By the way, you can write that one down too because I want you to pray for me. I love it. I'm a getter in that way. Pray for me. Linda and I need your prayers. All the pastors and elders need your prayers. I don't want somebody sitting up there. Yeah, I'm going to write somebody's name now. Yeah, right. Sure. Are you kidding me? Now, wait a minute. Would you want that prayer prayed for you? Yes, you would. How did you get here today? If you're a Christian, how did you get here? Somebody prayed for you. A mom, a dad, a neighbor, a friend. Somebody prayed for you. That's how you got here. So don't be selfish. Don't, if you're a getter today, cut it out. Be a giver. So start writing this down in your devotional. Pray blank, whoever, would grow in love. That abounding. Now, this is really interesting to me. Paul's writing to a church. Of course, I've been doing church for 60 years, so I know all about church. Still learning, but I know all about it. When we talk about grow in a church in America, is the first thing that comes to your mind love? Not really. When we talk about growing in a church in America, what do we talk about? Number one, more money. Watch Christian TV. You'll see that push constantly. Give your $1,000 seed gift so God can give back to you. We want more money. We want more people. And if we have more people, then we need more buildings. And we need more satellite campuses. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. We need money to operate. We want the kingdom. If you're a healthy church, you are growing in people. If you're growing in people, you're going to have to build more buildings. If you build more buildings, you can only put so many in a certain campus. You're going to have to open other campuses. Then that's good. But what does Paul pray for? He doesn't pray for any of that. He's praying for a church. He doesn't pray for any of it. He says, I want your love to grow. Why? If our love grows... All the rest takes care. Do you get it? If our love grows, nobody has to go up here and say, here's a little offering and the thermometer is going up and the new kids building we're going to build now. Are you going to make the little thermometer go up? Please, come on, please, please make it up. Here's the offering. Somebody will be knocking on your door. We don't do that. Because see, if you love God, you're going to love the kids and you're going to be a giver and not a... And it's going to happen automatically. That's how we've operated for 18 years. And if I'm a giver... 
I care for my neighbor that doesn't know the Lord. Amen. And I'm going to share when I get an opportunity. Amen. And that's because I love them. So if Paul says, I'm praying for love, all the rest of this stuff. I've never seen a church growth. We get church growth magazines, all kinds of things, all the time. How to grow to church, how to break the 500 barrier, how to break the 10,000 barrier, all kind of foolish stuff. I've never seen one say, here's how to grow to church, love. But Paul's right on. Jesus says, by this will all men know that you're my disciples. That you love one another. We need to be loving. We need to be real and open and sharing our hearts. What does that look like in a church? Well, we're doing well. We need to be expanding and doing more things. And God's going to help us show that love outside of these buildings. While we were in Asia, as I was thinking about this the other morning early... There were many, many pastors that served us. As I told you, we were able to minister to, and I can't give details, more than 20 pastors in this one area from all these different churches and just spent hours and hours and hours going through. Well, one of these pastors picked us up at the airport with another one of the pastors. And uh, we were like three hours late getting in after flying 13 hours and then getting there, and the next plane was late. We got in at midnight. They'd been waiting the whole time for us. They took us to the hotel, helped us to check in, speak the language, do all those kind of things. Every morning, he picked us up. Every night, he took us back. He bought special things for us. He got us a little coffee and whatever, instant, but whatever. It's coffee. And he knew Americans. And he was taking care of us. And they'd have lunch for us. And all of these things as I was teaching. He'd have all kinds of things going. And after it went on for two or three days, I finally said to him, cut it out. You're just doing too much. He said, quiet. To an interpreter. I said, wait a minute, you can't be quiet? (laughs) Here's what he said. I've taken the week off of work because God told me to serve you, and I'm going to serve you. Okay. (laughs) When I thought of growing in love, that's the first person's name that came to my mind. I can mention his name, but I won't. I see his face right now. You see, he got it. It was humbling to me. That's what a church looks like. And Paul says, if you'll do this, God will bless you. And then Paul gives us, in one of his other writings, better to give than receive. Paul talks in Corinthians a lot about giving of ourselves. And then look at this statement in Luke 6.38. Give. Last time we think about money, but it's not just about money. It's about our whole lifestyle. Give and it will, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together, make room for more. Running over. Uh Uh-oh, same word, abound. Running over. And pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So Paul says, be generous, be a giver of your time, your energy, serve people, love them, prove it. Look at the end of verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in what? In two things, in knowledge and depth of insight. This is the next thing you want to write down. 
next prayer that you want to write, write it down. Pray blank, person's name, that they would grow in knowing and experiencing God. You see, that word knowledge is not just head knowledge. It's a word that means experiencing God. It's one thing to know about God, to study theology and learning about God. It's something very different to know God by experience. Let me give you an example of that. Paul isn't saying, be theological about God. He says, learn to experience God. This is a Mongolian yurt. So now you kind of know one area of the world where we were. Well, this is an interesting place. And of course, these are pretty modern looking compared to what many of the people for all the last five, seven, eight hundred years have been living in out here in the grasslands. But that's where they would live. Now, it's one thing looking up in Wikipedia and getting on the Google search and say, find a Mongolian yurt, put a picture up. It's one thing to study about it, to know about it, to see it, to look at it. Wow, this is pretty cool. But I want you to do something very different. Take a look at the next picture. It's something very different to know about one and then spend the night in one. That's where we slept, right there. Now, during the day, it was wonderful. It was warm and whatever. At night, freezing. Sun goes down, the heat goes down. There's no heat in that baby. There's nothing in there. There's two separate beds, twin beds. And my wife is the heat. That was a cold night for me, baby. And by the way, when you had to get up to do what you needed to get up at night, when you put your feet down on that cement, you wanted to go right back and forget it. But you couldn't. So as fast as you could go, put your feet up, ah, get back into bed. Two hours later, your feet finally get warm again. So it's one thing to know about one of those. It's something very different to spend the night in one. Now, here's our problem. Many people in our world today are confused about the difference of knowing about God, his character, his nature, his name, all the names in the Old Testament. And personally experiencing him. There's a big difference. Those of you that are married. On your honeymoon. You thought you knew your spouse. (laughs) Do you know them better now? Ten years later? Oh yes. Men will you ever understand your wife? No. You know them better. But you know. How about God? You see I know God. But when I took God into my life, I began to experience him. Do I really know all about God? I never will. I continue to grow. That's what Paul's saying. Grow in that knowledge of him. So understand, why do we have all these people in our church? There's one thing over 18 years in this church that's shown me this principle. I can tell you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who come to this church, good people, religious, moral, wonderful people. And they've heard this, that it's not enough to know about God. You have to know him personally. They will say to me at lots of different places, wherever I see them outside, they'll say this one thing. I never knew you could know God personally. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that the essence of God's love is giving. John three sixteen is, of course, the highest expression of that love. It's also an example for us to follow. God's Word tells us that as we freely give of our time, talent, and treasure, 
that God will pour out his blessings on us more than we ever thought possible. We need to pray for his help to become more generous. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up the first installment of this teaching, Pray This Prayer for Me. We'll find out about the Mongolian yurt and what it has to do with prayer. We'll also cover the similarities between being a human parent and how God wants to parent us. Additionally, we will hear about the limits God places on love, as should we. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious, Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.